Hello and welcome to the Ask the Expert podcast series at the Royal Geographical Society with Institute of British Geographers. I'm Laura and I write resources for the education department here. This recording is part of our growing series of interviews, questions and answers from leading geographical experts and practitioners. Today I'm joined by Dr Phil Jones from the University of Birmingham. Dr Jones is a cultural geographer who focuses on issues related to the city. His research is often concerned with urban regeneration and artistic practices. I spoke to Dr Jones about using poetry as a creative way to record and collect people's experiences of place and his use of this method in the city of Cardiff. Um, So can you tell me a little bit about your research and your research background? Sure. Uh, My background is actually as a historian um, and I came into geography in 2003 doing, well in 2000 really, doing urban historical geography. Uh, And since then I've kind of moved into looking more at contemporary cities, issues around regeneration, creative economy, and more geographical theory, so things like atmospheres, rhythms and so on. So the paper that we'll be talking about today, you mentioned the concept of atmosphere. Can you explain what you mean by atmosphere and what geographers mean when they talk about atmosphere? Sure. Um, There's a group of folk who are working on atmosphere as a concept, or have been over the last few years, and I've merely piggybacked really onto their work. Um, Atmosphere is a way of solving uh, a problem in geography, which is how to think about the connection between uh, physical infrastructure, place, environment, environmental factors like weather and temperature and so on, um, and how people feel and respond to those locations. Because all those things come together in particular ways to give a place a feeling. Uh, and it's quite it's one of those things which is a little bit hard to put your finger on, but you know when you experience it. And it's something that is kind of shared. So you know, people in the same space can feel the same kinds of things. So atmosphere has just become a, a kind of a, a shortcut out of a lot of theoretical thickets that we found ourselves in in the mid-noughties. Uh, to kind of say, right, there's something going on here which is these different things coming together to create a feeling in place. And in the paper you talk about ambience as well. How is that different to atmosphere? Or how does it relate to atmosphere? I mean, that's a really interesting question. and There have been some workshops um, relating to that where French and English scholars have got together to discuss those things because they're, in some ways, similar ways of conceptualising environments. Uh, but people have come at them from quite different directions. So the geographers have come out of um, a kind of philosophical background, and the French architecture schools have come more out of the, as you might expect, an architectural background and a practice-based background. In the paper, and I'm sure that many ambiences and atmospheres scholars would uh, throw their hands up in horror at this, I've kind of said, well, that crudely the difference would be that um, the atmospheres literature is really looking to uh, describe these atmospheres, whereas the, those coming out of an ambiences tradition, particularly because they're coming out of an architectural tradition, are thinking about describing and understanding with a view to being able to manipulate and change the atmosphere, the feeling of place. So in the paper you talk about using poetry as a way to change that feeling of that ambience. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little more about the project that you talk about in the paper? Sure. The project came out kind of accidentally. Um, We had a much bigger project uh, funded under the Arts and Humanities Research Council's Connected Communities Scheme. 
and they were kind enough to grant myself and a group of colleagues one and a half million pounds to do some work on the creative economy. Uh, and out of that, um, I met Chris, Chris Jam, the poet, who's uh, a co-author on the paper. And, you know, Chris and I got along really well. He's a, an interesting guy with a very interesting background. Um, he DJed for the Happy Mondays back in the 90s at one point. So, you know, a uh, really cool, cool bloke to get to know. And out of this Connected com Communities funding stream, there was an opportunity to... Uh, take part in a festival event in Cardiff and you know there was quite a bit of money on offer to actually put things together for that event lots of different uh, projects and things and so I kind of said to Chris you know do you want to do something cool and that's you know, then that's really where the conversation started you know what what could we do could we film some things you know because Chris is very much a performance poet so his poetry works better you know, spoken than it does on the page, although I think it's great on the page as well. Um, and I'd been reading about this ambiences literature, this stuff which was coming out of, of Cresson in, in, in Grenoble. And uh, I was getting quite excited by this idea of transects. I was thinking, what could we do with transects? And again, talking to Chris, you know, could we do something with like street poetry and, you know, cutting across space? And, you know, a very vague idea. And then in the conversation between myself and Chris, we kind of got to this idea, well, we'll make, we'll make a cut through Cardiff. We'll you know, try and get bits and pieces of poetry along the line of this transect through uh, Cardiff as a way of maybe understanding Cardiff differently through, through poetry. And I'd say that's sort of where it started. And so Cardiff as a place, why did that interest you for this project? I mean, in some ways that was kind of coincidental. Um, the... Connected Communities Festival was going to take place in Cardiff, so it's, okay, how do we respond to Cardiff as a place? Because on our big project, Cardiff wasn't one of the case studies we were working with. So we then started looking, you know, Chris and I, into, okay, so what's interesting about Cardiff, you know, a city that, I must confess, neither of us knew very well when we went into this. So it was kind of trying to think, well, where are the interesting stories? And uh, Chris was very keen, uh, after doing some research, that we should go down to Butte Town. Partly because Chris is of Afro-Caribbean origins and, and the kind of connections between the black community and the docks and the dock area around Butte um, meant that there was you know some kind of personal resonances for him about there's some interesting stories here about um, how different places are connected up through the sea, through uh, uh, trading and so on, but also about what happens as those you know, shipping relationships, um, trading relationships decline, what about the communities that have been created through that? So that's kind of where we were starting from, plus the fact, you know, obviously Cardiff has, has changed quite a lot in the last you know, 20 years or so since devolution, uh, particularly, you know, with becoming the capital or having the parliament building um, or the assembly building put in place there. So it's, it seemed like an obvious um, a fit even though it was in some ways serendipitous because that's where uh, the festival was, was taking place. So the people that you spoke to along the urban transect, what were their articulations about Cardiff as a place? What did they bring to the table? I mean, that was what was, was quite interesting. We It was very much predicated on Chris's personality. Chris is, you know, one of the nicest people you could ever meet. And so fantastic at just badgering people on the streets and saying, hey, do you want to speak some poetry into a camera uh, for these guys from this university? You know, when you start saying it like that, it does sound completely ridiculous. Uh, but Chris was really good at encouraging people to take part. 
and asking people specifically about their place experiences. So it wasn't just about, you know, Chris the poet saying, hey guys, read some poetry. That was just kind of a hook to get people involved. It was really, hey guys, tell us about Cardiff, tell us about place, tell us about stories. Um, and we got a whole bunch of different people, you know, long-term residents, people who were just visiting for the day and were kind of shocked at the transformation of the place. Um, but really just getting some very different uh, narratives, I think, than we would have got if we'd been trying to do Vox Pops about something else. The poetry gave people an excuse to engage more artistically. So how did poetry allow people to bring these histories to the fore then? Did they have poems about Cardiff? I mean, a few people did have very specifically um, Welsh poems. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we did have the other kind of cliche of uh, somebody reading something from Dylan Thomas. Um, we didn't include all of the, the bits of poetry in the film. I mean, partly it was a practical reason that uh, some of the recording quality wasn't very good because we, we sort of did all this in a day and we were learning how to do it as we went along. Um, so what it really gave us was the opportunity to talk to people in slightly different ways because it was a chance to say, you know, do you have a favourite poem? Can you read that poem for us? As a kind of, almost as an icebreaker. Um, but also to give something for Chris to kind of riff off in his then interpretation of what people were talking about in the interviews he did, but then in the poem that he subsequently wrote based on that material and his own research into the mythologies of Wales. So increasingly, are geographers using poetry as not only to study and study the geographies behind it, but as a creative method to, to research place? I'd say it's one of a, a number of techniques that not just geographers, but social scientists have become interested in. There's been a, uh, a bit of a move over the last 10 or 15 years to consider creative practice as a research method beyond just the arts and humanities that social scientists have started getting interested in what that gives you. Um, I think geography being a very friendly discipline for more innovative and experimental work uh, it doesn't police its boundaries as strongly as some other disciplines do. It has meant there's been quite a welcoming home for that kind of uh, activity. And I think that's been summed up rather ne- nicely by the launch of the Geohumanities Journal, um, which is, you know, given, gives quite a bit of space to much more creative and artistic expressions within a geography framing. So can you tell me what geographers mean when they talk about the Geohumanities? Geohumanities is a, is a relatively new uh, journal that's launched within geography, really exploring, I guess, the interface between geography as a sort of traditional social science and humanities work, um, whether that be on the arts, historical, uh, language, and so on. Um, lots of folk in geography have, have worked at this intersection. Lots of my colleagues here at Birmingham work at that intersection of geography and humanities work. And I think it's one of the great strengths of geography that you, know, you stretch all the way from people doing inorganic chemistry through to people doing 19th century poetry um, and everything in between because you know, everything is encompassed within, um, within space. Everything happens in space, as I always say to people when they ask, how is that geography uh, about a lot of my work? So. so how have you used creative methods in your previous research? I mean, in, a, in a number of different ways and, and particularly to try to investigate issues around place as well. So. I, uh, I've used GPS drawing, which is a, a technique where you wear a GPS device and walk or ride or drive across a, you know, a space, often quite a large space, to write words or draw pictures uh, in a GPS track, which you can see then in Google Earth or a GIS or similar. 
So I wrote the word ride while I was cycling and used it as a way of exploring how we interact with urban spaces on bikes. And I've written quite a lot about cycling and the, I suppose in some ways the, the performance qualities of cycling um, as a human action activity. Uh, I've also used some things where, with smartphones um, where people uh, were given a smartphone app that we designed and asked to you know, take photographs and record voice notes and so on to give them a chance to kind of creatively explore their own neighbourhood. Uh, and those uh, voice notes and photos were uploaded to like a central map so everyone could see each other's images and, and listen to their stories. So it kind of is a, a kind of an interesting, not just a planning tool, but also a you know what is our neighbourhood tool. Um, I've used bits and pieces of uh, video in other work. I've I've done some exhibitions working with a photographer uh, who took portraits of some of our interviewees so that we could kind of partly pay back the interviewees for for taking part. That they had the very beautiful image of themselves taken by uh, a guy called Dan Burwood, who's a beautiful beautiful portrait photographer among other things. Um, and then we did an, you know, an exhibition with those participants and those images and some of the maps that we produced on the research. So I've always been quite keen to kind of explore what engaging with arts and creative practitioners can do for your understanding of space. Uh, just last year, working with one of our artists in residence here at the university uh, on a project where, and I still really don't understand what it was about, but she uh, carried a fish on a trolley across campus and had conversations with people and the fish. Um, but it's just the joy of, well, why are you doing this? Because Emily. And that became the answer to many questions, because Emily's doing this. Um, and it really gets you out of your, you know, your standard social science rut and getting to think about the world in different ways. So that's why I really like this kind of practice. Thank you for listening. For access to further resources, publications and curriculum relevant material to support geographical learning and teaching, please go to www.rgs.org forward slash resources.